0: Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that is alive and active, And it is a two-edged sword that we're asking this morning that you would use on us in the way that only you can, by your Holy Spirit, come, fill us, fill this place anew, a fresh move in us so that we would leave different, so that we would leave to, to do different and to make different relationships around us Lord, we thank you for the work that you've been doing in lives over the last couple weeks the last few weeks especially Lord, we pray that you would continue to help us to dig deeper to find greater healing not just within ourselves but within our relating to one another so move now as only you can do beyond anything I could possibly say, Holy Spirit, speak clearly. Lord, I pray even to the point that people can't ignore it, that the people here cannot put it off. It's just a random thought. Speak clearly of how and who we need to deal with in relationship to this. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray, believing that you will answer. Amen. So I want to take a little survey this morning uh, just by a show of hands. Who here this morning has had problems happen in a relationship with others? Okay, that's pretty much everybody. All right, let's just go with the next one. Who here has had, uh, would say, of those problems that I've just, just mentioned, it was because someone hurt you and you needed to give them forgiveness? Now, many of those who have had problems with people is because someone hurt you and you need Okay, so almost everybody that was before. All right, now let's, let's go on the other way. How many would say that the problem between you and another person was because you hurt them, and needed to get their forgiveness. Okay, I appreciate that. There's so many of you that are honest. Uh, ironically, what happens oftentimes when we ask those questions is what? The first one: How many of you have been hurt by somebody and been wronged? Oh, everybody puts their hand up. How many of you have ever hurt somebody? Well, not as many. So apparently there's just a few people in this world that go around hurting everybody. Yeah, you know, is that is that the way? No, it's obviously not true. But if I were to ask the question, how many of us have had people who had problems with us? Wouldn't it be like the first question? You know, we, we're not necessarily admitting anything there. But do you know that there somebody has had a problem with you some point in time? None of us are perfect in our dealings with others And the problems that happen between us So what do you do? Do you do anything? Uh, God has said something for us to do Specifically looking this morning at verses 23 and 24 here in matthew chapter 5 and let's look at that again Therefore if you are offering your gift to the altar and they remember That your brother has something against you leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled to your brother Then come and offer your gift Basically, God is telling us there, Jesus is telling us, that we need to put a priority on making it right with other people, especially those we've wronged. We need to make it a priority. We need to make it right with others, others even that we've wronged. So how do we do that? How do we do that? It's not something that we talk a lot about in church. Do we, you usually hear about forgiving, that you need to forgive. You need to give forgiveness. We've heard that. We don't do such a great job of it, but we've heard it before, right? But how many times have we really heard how to get forgiveness? How, how do you make it right with other people? We, we don't hear that as much. In fact, where do we get that? How do we know how to do it if, if it's not heard there? For many of you, uh, it was something, the only time we've really heard anything about making it right with somebody was from our parents growing up. Right. It was it was from our parents growing up and usually in a situation kind of like this. Where there was uh, some fighting going on between siblings and and some variation of this. This is probably what happened. uh, I'm going to guess in in your home, at least to some extent. And the way it starts, it says first, it starts with you two need to stop fighting right now. There's silence for a moment. Kind of like, you know, yes, mother, although usually there's at least some attempt to get the last something in before we were going to stop talking. She's going to try. Would you get one more thing in, you know, and it's not like, okay, we'll stop right now, but there's no way we're going to stop forever, Uh, you know. But, okay, and then she turns and she says, Jimmy, you need to tell your sister, Sally... You're sorry, and so Jimmy says, "Sally, you're sorry." <laughs> Jimmy, oh, 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 okay, uh, okay, sorry. Of course, when he says that, sister's still crying, trying to get the Academy Award. She's not hurt anymore, but still crying. You can tell I had younger sisters. Uh, still crying and and then and then she turns mom turns to jimmy and says that that did not sound very sincere jimmy say it like you mean it and so now it's jimmy's turn for the academy award i'm sorry sally mom says okay now give each other a hug and make it all right It did not make it better. It only made us better actors, right? Let's let's be honest. It just made us better actors. It didn't make it right between Jimmy and Sally. There is no acknowledgement of forgiveness. There is no acknowledgement of wrong as it is so often. Just saying I'm sorry is a sorry excuse for an apology, especially if you've said it before. So how do we make it right with others that we have wronged? Now some parents get creative. It doesn't really work. Can you imagine putting? Can you imagine putting Cain and Abel together? You know, it's just not. It's not really making it so that it's made it right. How do we ask for forgiveness? Even though as Christians we should. Already be giving it. Understand this. You should have already given it before somebody asked. Just like Jesus did for us. He gave us forgiveness before we ever came to him. But we need to go beyond a simple sorry to a sincere confession of our faults one to another. Of our faults one that we did to the other. So this week and next week we're going to look at how to make it right. Based off of the seven A's of confession from the peacemakers ministries that the Christian Missionary Alliance works with. You'll notice in your bulletins there are two sermon notes one is the three that we're going to cover today and you'll get the next ones next week but there's a blank one and on that blank one what i'd like you to do is to write down not just notes from this but to write down what god is saying to you because you might put this note aside and get the next one and write that note i want you to keep a record somewhere of what the holy spirit is saying to you And understand, you don't have to have, there's no bright light or flash that's going to happen. You just know, oh, yeah, this is for me. That's what I'm not doing. That's what I need to change. What in these areas, maybe under the numbers or however else, as it deals with a specific person or situation or in some way that you need to change? And so write those things down. Make kind of that blank one being the application page for you, and if you could do that. Now, I recognize I say that, and some of you will never pick up a pen, but God can still work in you, right? That's okay. Not everybody does it that way, but it is to try to keep us uh, focused and accountable. So how do we start? First one, we need to address everyone involved. We have not made it right until we have made it to all who have been wronged. We've not made it right until we've made it to all who have been wronged. That means that the circle of confession should involve all those in the circle of offense. In other words, we, we need to directly address all those who were affected, all those who were in the blast zone, so to speak, and impacted by the wrong that was said or done or the wrong that what was not said or what was not done that should have been. And that includes wrongs done after the fact, after whatever happened regarding that incident when you went and talked with somebody else about that person, tearing them down through gossip, not building them up in front of others understanding and i'm not gonna get as much as what i have right here but understand this the definition of gossip has absolutely nothing to do with whether it's true or not it's not defining gossip is whatever you say about someone in a way that is not right it does not affect so our first response to this is when you say you need to address everyone involved our first response is what right Why? Why do I have to go and talk to them? Why do I have to do that? There are, and there are so many different reasons, whether it's for the sake of unity or peace with one another, whether it's for the love of God that moves as us, us to us or a love for God. But often as it is, the number one reason why you need to do this, why you need to go to that person to address everyone involved is those simple three words. Jesus said so, right? Because Jesus said so. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds them together in perfect Harmony We make excuses for not obeying Because Well things aren't really that bad between us Why do I need to go there is really not that bad But are they that good Is there still part of a wall Between you And the other person You know often when we say well Well It's not like I avoid them We still see each other and and we still talk but this is between you a wall that wasn't there before in your relationship and you know it you know it we need to make it right could your relationship be stronger could your relationship be closer was your relationship closer and stronger at one time than it is right now of that person then jesus says right here leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift obviously when he's saying to your brother that means sister too Uh, that's what we're called to do and here's the thing: while, while most people will say that they want to get right with others, yeah, that's something I want to do. They, they don't want to actually have to address the issue or go and talk to the person that they've wronged. Instead, they just try to pretend like everything's fine. They we'll just we'll just move on. Everything's fine now, really? It's not that we'll just move on. and, and that's peace faking, not peacemaking. And Instead we say kind of in a spiritual kind of looking way We're kneeling at the altar before God and as we kneel before the altar with God Nothing actually really changes between us and the other person, but we just keep up that look that good Christian act that we have and and we are holy and we are we're really getting into God and we're really close to God and, and and really this point where we say you know I really don't need to go and make things right with that person because hey Me and God are good. I mean, that's what's important, right? It's my relationship with God. Me and God are good. I don't need to do anything with that. I'm not sure today as Christians that we grasp how important it is to make it right with others. It makes our list, our to-do list, maybe even our should-do list. But it's something we put off for other things that are more important. There's other things we've got to take care of first. For example, is there anything more important... What we're just talking about here is anything more important than our relationship with god than spending time Spending time with god and showing him our love through worship For christians who are pressing in closer And closer to jesus that we've talked about yes, that is number one importance. That's the number one command And yet jesus says here if you are offering your gift at the altar if you're if you're there worshiping and and not you know whatever that gift may be you're there coming before him to show god your love you're there spending time with god leave it leave it there in front of the altar stop and first 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 go and be reconciled to your brother and then come back we have forgotten what our priorities really should be And we like to make it about God because that's so much easier to say hey God and I are good At least for most people Versus me and somebody else is good It's so easy to make our personal relationship with God so important that nothing else matters as long as we're right with God We're good. We're right. Everything is okay, but he's saying here listen your vertical relationship with me is not good to go if your horizontal relationship with others Is not right We have got to recognize That if we have wronged here on earth We are wrong in heaven If we have wronged others here on earth We are wrong in heaven Until we make it right John thirteen thirty five. Jesus talks about What sets us apart you may be familiar with that scripture. John said Jesus says what sets us apart is what? What really sets us apart, well, how people notice us is our love for God. Is that what he said? Is that what sets us apart? Is our love for God? Now, should we love God? Is that number 1? I mean, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all that. Yes. But that's not what Jesus said sets us apart. What Jesus said is it's a love that's evident especially between Christians as a significant sign that we are His disciples. Some don't think that Matthew 5 applies to their situation. Many have the attitude, you know what, if someone has a problem with me, they should just come to me. I'm not going to them. Now, there's a sense, Matthew 18 says, if you have a problem with someone, you need to go to them. So there's truth in that. The problem is the truth that may be coming out in those words, there's another truth in our attitude. I'm not going to them. We, we say kind of in an almost angry, prideful. I'm not the one who's wrong here. I'm not the I don't have a problem. They. I, I'm fine. If they got a problem, they come to me. I shall not be moved. Right? That's just the way it is. Yeah, in Matthew chapter 5, he says, Yes, you shall be moved. Go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Go address them. But, 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 but I don't need to because it's not my fault. They're the ones who messed up. In fact, they're messed up in the head. They wronged me. I'm the victim here. That kind of mentality never leads to making it right with others. Even if the wrong was done to you, how many times can we really say before God, I did not do anything wrong. Now, there are rare occasions where that may come into play, where we're totally innocent. But First John chapter 1, verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Matthew 5, here, verse 23 and 24, nonetheless, of all that stuff that we're talking about, who did wrong and all that, that's, it doesn't even come up. Nowhere does it say if you wrong or if they did wrong or anything about wrong. All it says is about making it right. There is no out in this passage to just sit around and wait until they come to you. You know, it's that uh, picture of of two people that just, their arms crossed. They're just going to wait for the other person to make the first move. They're just going to wait. For somebody, for them to say, they, have, they should be the one to, they, that's not what Jesus says. If you're offering your gift to the altar and they remember, or, you, or it comes to your mind, you think that your brother, that someone else has something against you, leave your gift there. Go and be reconciled. You go, you be the one to make the first move. Don't wait for them to come. In fact, let's be clear that Matthew 5 in no way says that you should wait for someone to come to you and ask forgiveness before you give it. That's never a biblical thing because it didn't happen with Jesus. He died on the cross before anybody was asking for forgiveness. Often the reason we put making it right with others farther down our list is not because we have more important things to do, but rather because we don't want to do it. Not necessarily because we don't care, but we don't want to do it maybe because of fear. We're afraid to admit that we're wrong. We're afraid of of being embarrassed. We're afraid of, of what they might say. We're afraid of getting hurt or rejected. And unfortunately, fear wins out all too often in our relationship with others. When as believers in Christ, we should be walking by faith and not by fear in our life. And let's just get a little more honest here. Sometimes... It's not really about fear. It's not something, I mean, you can kind of say, well, I'm just afraid to go to him. The reality is it's about actually humbling myself before another person. It comes down to the root of pride is why I do not want to move out of my seat and go over to that person, why I do not want to turn around and talk to them. At the root is pride that is concerned about me or what was right and what was wrong and what is, uh, it's all a focus on me. And not on what God is trying to tell us. Listen, go and be reconciled. Go to your brother. Be more concerned about that relationship than you are about yourself. It's important that we see this is a first step in addressing those who have been wronged. It deals with addressing all those who have been affected by the wrongs. Not just the ones you directly sinned against, but... I all those who suffered because of it Those who saw and heard it those whose lives were impacted Let me just give you an example and you can apply this example in other different kinds of relationships other things But here's an example your child acts out in a way that makes you angry That's not necessarily surprising Right there's you you get angry about the way uh, your child acts. That's not a surprise but in that You speak spiteful, mean words that tear them down. And even if they did something wrong, you were wrong and you wronged them by what you said, right? And just in case you're like, well, I'm not sure. Okay, let's read some words here from God. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, we talk about grieving the Spirit, but we don't keep it in context here so often. The context of grieving the Spirit has to do with how we talk to one another. Do you ever think of it that way? Because that's the context. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and, slander, and along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another and forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. What you said and how you said it to that child were not words of discipline that were meant to disciple or help them to learn. In fact, what you said were not even words of punishment. They were just plain hurtful words that came from our flesh, and the only thing they learned was to stay clear of you. However, as we think through this, depending on how public that incident was, you may have to not only go and address that with them, with that child, but you may have to go to the siblings who were there in the room when that took place. The the ones who were in the blast zone. As you exploded all over that child and tore that brother or sister down, you need to go to the other ones who were right there. Because they were impacted. They had some shrapnel hit them from the explosion that just took place. Now, that doesn't mean this is sin. You go and tell it to the whole church. Unless, of course, before church service begins or after all of a sudden this same incident just happened in front of everybody. And you clearly sinned against your child and the way that you handle that and everybody knows. Then the circle of confession needs to be that circle of offense. Which is more public it's important not to take it's important to take the first step to try to make it right So many times the problem people have is not It's it doesn't seem like it's something big To want to deal with But how many have been with us as we've talked about the bitterness and the roots Something small some all see that started and what happened? It just grew and grew and grew. It got bigger and bigger because you didn't deal with it to begin with. Oftentimes, going and talking with this person, it, it may be that it was just a misunderstanding. Oftentimes, I can't tell you how many times I'm involved in conflict resolution, even within marriages that have really gotten really bad, that it stemmed from a miscommunication, something that was said or heard that really wasn't, a misreading of a situation. Making the problem some insurmountable mountain and the reality is it was just a molehill, but we just didn't talk about it To know it was just a molehill because we don't go to one another. We don't find out what the real problem is And it just makes our problem worse in the distance that we cause that is caused through that uh, Physically emotionally we don't talk about it, but we distance ourselves from that person in a sense we distance ourselves, we start to have this wall that's built. you know and, and the more that happens, the more we hesitate, the more we hold back in our relationship from the way it was before, not because we're angry at them, but because maybe we think they're angry at us or we're just not sure what's going on with us. And so we're just kind of hesitant in our relationship. Step up, leave your gift there. First go and be reconciled to your brother speak up, address. You know, the reality is things might be fine. But we just feel like there's something not right and so we hold back. Maybe things really are fine between us. Or maybe they're not. You know, most of the time we should have a clue of what to say and what's going on. And and at least something. Although, let's just be Real for some of us Sometimes people are clueless You don't have to raise your hands Even though the other person is not going to believe you that you're clueless They they just don't have it I'm going to tell you right here and now that there are people in your life Even people within this room Who yes are that dense you may not like, it, you may not want to believe that, but it happens. I know that. It happens. And so we need to go and talk to them. And maybe just to, to, to say something sometimes, and maybe you're not even sure, but just to say, you know, hey, I may be misreading this, but I just wanted to check to see if we're good. I I, I get the feeling that there's something that's not, Right between us there's something going on. I I don't know and I value our relationship enough to want to just check So tell me Now sometimes a lot of times it's like no It was nothing or maybe just a little something but sometimes they may explode say you think something, you know I mean they just may go off on you But that's good because it gives you the opportunity to open it up and to start to talk about it and to try to make it right, which is the point of Matthew 5 here our common complaint about going and talking oftentimes is it's about the logistics. Uh, one of the common complaints is uh, the, trying to find the time and the place. How am I supposed to get with this person? Uh, it just doesn't seem possible. Obviously, if the person's passed away, then unfortunately that's true. Although there still may be some people in that circle that you could go and you could talk with and you need to talk with about this. But this is the importance of keeping short accounts with people, not allowing things to go on because you don't know how long we're here on this earth. But there are other times where the person is alive, but they live far far away Obviously the first priority is of all possible to meet with them face to face But the principle is that you're trying to address them personally And so that can be done over the phone. It can be done on skype or it can be done with uh, FaceTime. There are a lot of different ways to do that the personal contact of some way when you go to it says go to that person We have abilities that they didn't have in those days to actually go but Sending a letter, I mean, Paul, this is a letter. He didn't say send the letter, send an email uh, or a text. Now, that might be something you could say, hey, can we get together sometime and talk? They open up and just kind of, hey, I'd like to get together sometime. Some way of, of trying to get that together, but trying to lay it all out on, a, on an email is just a recipe for disaster or it gets misread and misinterpreted and just makes things worse sometimes we want to make the relationship right that's that's the first point second point we need to avoid if but maybe and excuses you know the whole no if ands up no if ands or buts about it as well no maybes or a bunch of other words that we end up being excuses that water down and confuse confessions to the point that we never get to the point of actually making it right with one another in fact, and to give uh, an example here, uh, I have a, a volunteer coming in and, and we 're going to just do a little hey uh, like I, I got something I need to address with you why what 's up? Well, the pastor said, and you remember our pastor like he 's so cool. Uh, he's a good guy. And um, he said that I need to say something to you. So I- I'm sorry that I made you feel... I'm sorry that that made you feel bad the other day.
1: That? What are you talking about?
0: Um, uh, what I mean to say is, I- I'm sorry if I hurt you.
1: If? You mean, you don't know whether you did hurt me or not?
0: No, I, I mean, if I'd done something to upset you, uh, I'm sorry.
1: How can you be sorry if you don't know what you did, or if you even did anything at all? By the way, you did do wrong to me.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I'm sorry.
1: Sorry about what? It sounds like you're sorry that I was upset or felt bad not really sorry that you did something bad
0: well then uh, i guess i'm sorry about that too
1: you guess why are you even apologizing
0: well so that you'll stop sulking around and so that we can just move on you know with the relationship
1: (laughs) you know the other day i was hurt by what you did but i was not upset or angry but i am now You're not making me feel any better because you're not making it right. And that should be the goal of apologizing or confessing.
0: Okay, okay. Maybe I should have tried harder not to hurt you and make it right. Maybe. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh. Okay. You get an idea there? I tell you, that happens. That's how... We often do things, you know, not doing it right when you're trying to make it right is not right. Hey, you know, well, I don't know what to say now. No, don't use these words or any words like that. to sound like excuse. It's not that complicated. You could hear that. The problem is we don't want to completely come out and say directly what we did. That was rural. That was rural. We don't want to say it was we, uh, we don't want to own it. Sometimes we're just quickly trying to pacify the person that we've hurt so that we can just move on like it never happened. We can minimize that it really wasn't that bad. But maybe to them, even though maybe it really wasn't, didn't seem that bad to you, to them it was a big deal. It was a big deal because of who they are, because of what they've had to go through in their life. And yes, they need to deal with that. Yes, that is their problem, but it's also your problem because you're in a relationship with them. And out of love, we need to deal with who they are and where they are right now to help them with the hurt and understand in patience where they're coming from. Sometimes the reality is that we are the ones, though, with the opposite type of problem. We keep saying it's just this little thing that we keep what? Sweeping it under the carpet. It's not a big deal. I don't see anything. Which is one of the number one reasons why when someone comes to you and starts to apologize for the wrong that they have done and even though you should have already forgiven them before they've come to you don't Help them sweep it under the rug when they're coming to apologize to you I want us to catch this because we don't always Don't help them to sweep it under the rug by saying ah, that's okay You know what? Maybe sometimes I already forgive you, but sometimes we don't even say that. Yeah. Yeah, I know It's not a big deal Don't make it easier for someone by making excuses with them Saying it's not a big deal. It was at the time, but you forgave and yes, maybe you're able to uh, over that and able to move past that but don't stop them from obeying god don't stop them from obeying this passage and coming to you and confessing and and talking to you about that let them own their part of the problem don't give them an out let them own their part of the part in the problem and then you chime in with your part you chime in with your part of the problem being honest before god those who who do not avoid excuses, those who avoid taking responsibility for wrong are some of those people who probably in their life have never had a real apology. Those are the people that if they ever apologized, everybody should get a t-shirt. Right? Hey, it's like, okay, yeah, we apologize. Uh, there's just so many bad examples of confessions, especially in the public realm. They just—they're not. They're just excuses, and it, it doesn't—it doesn't explain the why this is happening in the church. Why—why why we have it? Why it's going on with us? Some apologies seem more like an attack. It's like like you knock them down earlier by what you said or what you did, and now under the cover of confessing, you're going to kick them down with comments like. With this and and I this is not completely right because we need to put the the uh The avoid if ands or buts in this next part here, but Here's what it says you start out with i'm sorry. I said that Now it's not going to be on the screen, but it should say but okay. I'm sorry. I said that but I didn't realize you were so sensitive Well, tell me you haven't Hurt, at least thought that. Or how about this? I'm sorry I had to yell at you, but I actually care about doing a job right, not halfway. Or you could add a whole bunch of other things in there, right? that would probably have been said. Or how about this one? I'm sorry. I never would have said that main thing if I'd known you were such a jerk. Okay? That's not peacemaking. That's peace-breaking. You know, some actually think they're doing a good job when they admit this. Yes, I was wrong. But you really were wrong. That's our way of avoiding taking responsibility fully. If everybody does this whole pointing the fingers at one another, shifting the blame to someone or something else, uh, the reason why and I, I did this or said, it's not really fully then our fault. It's not. It's not. We want to make sure that that's, we just don't want to take that. Maybe it's not another person we point the finger at. Maybe it's some other excuse or rationalization, like I should not have gotten as that angry at you. I should not have gotten so angry, but I was sick. I should not have gotten so angry, but I was tired, but I'm only human. All of those are excuses. All of those are the buts, ifs, all of those. I mean, obviously they can sound better than what some people say. I'm sorry I got so angry, but you asked for it. Or I'm sorry I got so so angry, uh, I, I couldn't help it. I mean, they're just like the classic. You made me so angry I couldn't help but say or do that. That is wrong on so many levels. To say someone made you angry... That that excuses or some excuse in some way for what you said or what you did. You got to understand. If you say that, then that means someone can make you so angry that you stop acting like a Christ follower. Really, someone has made you so angry that you stop acting like a Christian. Like a christ father Especially when god tells us to be angry and sit not in ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 Add to that that what you're saying by saying that is that someone has that much power over you that you're like a puppet And they make you do wrong Versus allowing the holy spirit of god to have power over you and fill you And fill you with love, joy, peace, patience. All those things. It's talked about. Galatians chapter 5 and the next verse talks about those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires to be live by the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Not conceited, not provoking one another or envying one another. This is what happened in the garden when we first start, Genesis 3. Oh, i probably have some idea god comes to adam and eve they're hiding and he says have you eaten from the tree I've commanded you not to eat from Right at the very beginning what takes place The man said the woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it It's her fault She's not any better Because then the woman says to the lord What what is this that you have done when he asked her the woman said the serpent deceived me and I ate We've been finger-pointing since the beginning It does not help to make it right by blaming the other person that we're apologizing to But 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 they were a jerk. No, 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 they're not just a jerk. They were a royal jerk I'm Not exactly sure what that means, you know, is the or something. I'm not sure but you know, we've heard that phrase Yeah, you know, they are a royal jerk and that may be true and oftentimes in our problems with people it's a two-way street and sometimes it seems like there's four lanes on their side and there's only one lane on ours and that may be true but it doesn't matter none of that matters because god calls us to clean up our side of the street that's what we have to answer to god for cleaning up our side of the street to get the log out of our own eye before we point out the speck in another is matthew chapter seven says it doesn't matter who started it Or what they did to you was worse than what you did. None of that matters. You did not respond or relate to them in a Christ-like way. Two wrongs do not make a right. Confessing your wrong, though, can go a long ways towards making it right. Let God deal with them for being a jerk. If they really were. And not perhaps reacting to you as something you said or did before that, who they... Would say in you jew as a jerk See god puts people in our lives God puts people in our lives to test us by fire God puts people in our lives as proverbs talks about to be the iron that sharpens us iron Iron sharpens iron god does that to help you to be holy in areas where We all have difficulties in each of us are different In those certain areas and god puts people in your lives to help make you Holy and when we shut them out of our life Somebody's just going to come and take that seat because you still need to be made holy there I need to understand The only place god doesn't have won't have people in our life Is when we are standing before jesus on judgment day alone before him Matthew 12, 20, 12 says we will answer for every careless word As we're standing there alone before jesus There will not be one person that we can point our finger to. In the end, there is no excuse for sin that wrongs another person, even if they wronged you. We are responsible for our actions and our reactions before God and before others. And we need to avoid excuses. Let's move to the next one. Admit specifically. In general, the more detailed, and to be simple this, the more detailed the confession or admission of wrong is, the more likely it will be received well. You sin specifically, you should confess specifically before God and before others. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. It can be a scary thing to face up to what we've done, unsure about how the other person is going to take it, uh, whether the relationship's going to be restored. But First John chapter 4, verse 18 says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out or drives out fear. Don't let guilt, shame or fear all from the devil feed our tendency to try to hide and cover up our sin and what we've done to deny it or or at least to deny the seriousness of it. Like calling it, we're not going to call it a sin. It's just, I, I made a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was more than a mistake before God. When you go to make it right, make it clear about what we said, what we did that was wrong. Not just some general sorry, which includes generalizing things, you know. Even to say, you know what, I'm sorry for being such a lousy friend. That's a little more specific, but what exactly did you do? That made you a lousy friend Be specific Yes Here are the ways that I was In a lousy friend What did you do to contribute To where the relationship is Admit it, take responsibility, take ownership What you did, what you said It communicates that you know what was wrong And we're going to get into some more of that later in, In the next part But the problem between you and them may be bigger Uh, If it's tangled up with roots and things like that and we have to deal with those kind of things uh, Recognizing that facing up not only to what you did But sometimes that means they have to face up to to their problems and and that takes some time Uh, The principle of going to make it right with that person doesn't have to be about Confessing our sin, but this morning that's kind of where we're talking about is that we're trying to get forgiveness how we felt short of what God wanted in our interaction with them. But let's face it, sometimes some people's problems with us doesn't have anything to do with any sin that we did. Sometimes people are hurt by taking something wrong, the wrong way. In fact, assuming that we said or did something, they don't even have to take something wrong. You didn't do or you didn't say anything, they just... Assume That this was about it And that deals with the miscommunication And we need to go And we recognize there's not something right there We need to go and try to make that right Responsibility lies Not just with them who Twisted everything around But with you Who sent you see The responsibility is not just with the receiver Of the message The responsibility is also with the sender communication is two-way for two people to communicate with one another and we have to take responsibility for making sure that the message that we want is the message that they received and now this does not mean and this is going to be different than what maybe some people have heard at times this does not mean that you need to falsely admit to something you did not say or do are you with me it does not mean that you need to falsely admit to something you did not say or do. Now, before God, you have to be truthful and honest. I mean, sometimes we don't want to admit it, but we don't admit something that's false. It's about speaking the truth in love. See, that's the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And unfortunately, our families and our churches are full of peacekeepers that just keep having to try to keep the peace and putting out fires here and there and going and going, and we don't have peacemakers so that it just stops, so that there really is peace. We just have people trying to keep the peace. That's not what he's asking us to do here. Understanding that. It's admitting, how do we contribute to the problem? It's admitting, you know what, this wall? I put this brick here. And I put this brick here. And I can see some other bricks that I put. Admit that. I could have done this differently. I should have done it differently. And I'm sorry. I was wrong. I should have checked with you to see how you received that. I, I thought something was up, but I just didn't do anything about it. I should have. Because you're important to God and you're important to me We need to own it Own our responsibility and our relationships that God wants for us And understand this there sometimes you're going to try and do everything you can And it just doesn't seem to work out they will refuse to get right with you They will refuse and and Romans 12:18 says if it is possible as far as it depends on you Live at peace with everyone if it's possible as far as it depends on you on your part You do everything you can to live at peace with them, but it's still two ways It's still both sides of the road and they have to make that decision And while they're making that decision, let's not be impatient and just walk away. Well, they don't want anything to do with me So i'm just walking away. No God doesn't walk away from us when we say I don't When we don't want anything to do with him We may need to be patient to come back to them a little later We may need to show what love really is A love that is patient a love that is kind. It does not envy does not boast not proud It is not rude or self-seeking A show a love that is not easily angered that keeps no record of wrongs A love that does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth always protects always trusts always hopes Always perseveres. I'm going to keep I know this relationship I'm trying to make it right and it's not going but I'm going to persevere because love never fails You know you have those verse up there and and this is what love is supposed to be Is that what we're supposed to be those words up there? We're so supposed to be that So if you're having a question about who's right and who's wrong in let's say your marriage relationship or some other relationship If love is who is that's what we're supposed to be Not just do, but who it was supposed to be. Then just put your name in there for every place that love mentions. Tim is patient. Tim is kind. Tim does not envy, does not boast. Put your name. And can you really say that before God in each of those things as it deals with that person that you're having a problem with? Are you all those things? Even if it's... Four lanes on their side. There is a lane on your side that you need to take care of. What do you need to write down those steps? Who is it that you need to to take care of? Who is it you need to go to? Write that person's name down before God know that. Who is it you know that you need to deal with? And understand this. How many of us have had problems with people in the past and we've gotten together with them, we've talked and we're good now How many of you have success stories That you've had people you have had problems with Right and and you've talked with them And in fact you might even say I know that happens in marriage relationships You might even say we're better Than we were before All that our, our relationship is stronger God did it before He can do it again And whatever it is that you're facing And whoever it is that you're thinking of Don't try to think all throughout all the excuses all the things of why why not all things God said this It's clear Let us just obey and make it right with one another. That's the worship team to come father. Thank you for this day and Your message here at least to get us started on how to get forgiveness It may sound complicated It's not really complicated. It just sounds a whole lot more involved than saying, I'm sorry. And so often that's not enough. We're not really owning that. Lord, help us to confess one to another. Help us, even if there's not anything to confess, help us to recognize that in this verse, as you're saying, if somebody has a problem, we need to go and just find out to check with them make it right Lord we need to start taking the walls fully down between us and the other people that have been for too long there may be people here this morning uh, within this congregation within this family of God that at one time there's somebody here who they were closer to somebody that they really connected with or related with and now There's some forgiveness, but there's still a wall between them. Help us to break through in our relationships through your power. You've done it before. Do it again. In your name we pray, Jesus.